0: Hello and welcome to Future Fuzz, the digital marketing podcast. Future Fuzz is sponsored by Shapala.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the next edition of Future Fuzz podcast. It's a, a great pleasure to have uh, Philip here on the show today. Good afternoon to me, Philip. Good morning to you. How are you?
0: Hey, good morning, Justin. Thanks, thanks for having me on your podcast today.
1: It's an absolute pleasure. So um, you'll have to please inform me. How are we pronouncing your surname?
0: Right. Now, I've been listening to your other podcasts, and I I know you've got the skills. (laughs) You've been doing very well with pronouncing the other names. Yeah. So it's it's Osei Huere.
1: Osei Huere. Wonderful. I was going to to say
0: that. Putting the R in, so Huere. Huere. Wonderful. Brilliant. That's right.
1: Pleasure to have you on the show. We met at the Stitch summer party recently, didn't we?
0: Yes, we did. We did. We did. Yeah.
1: So where are you calling from today? Tell our
0: listeners. So I'm actually in London, um, in Orpington in London.
1: There are worse places to be right than Orpington in London.
0: (laughs) We can't complain, the weather's nice. I mean, we're expecting rain, but I think we've had good weather. The past couple of weeks, <laughs> we can't yeah. Well, we too definitely need some rain. Weather. That's for sure. Yeah, yes, the, the huge yeah, yeah. on. It's raining <laughs> yes, here really.
1: in, in Utrecht and Amsterdam, which we desperately need. So that's awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah you're right.
1: <laughs> so I saw your profile and it really jumped out to me, Philip. So you've been mm. work. You've basically the uh, the founder, if I'm if I'm right, of Eagle Agency in London, mm. and you've been doing that for nearly 19 years. Is that correct?
0: Mm. Yeah, that's right, yes.
1: So, you know, one thing that struck me and, and one thing I try and have on the podcast is we've had a lot of women coming on to the podcast from marketing backgrounds or entrepreneur backgrounds to speak about empowerment. And then something struck me as well. You know, we don't see many black-run, black-owned business mm. in the media world. Well, I don't. Maybe yeah. you can tell me otherwise. <laughs> um, and I think that should be really... A, focus for the show today. So mm-hmm. you know, why did you start um, Eagle London Agency?
0: Wow, Justin, thanks, thanks again for having me. And like I said, I've been following your podcast and I was quite excited with the diverse audience that you uh, guests that you bring on your on your podcast. So when you asked me to come on, I thought, oh gosh, hooray, I'm the first black person to come on, on the show. And this is so important for, for me, especially with the work and the space that I sort of operate in. But um The story of Eagle London Agency goes back to actually beyond 2004, but I think what really kicked us into action was in 2004, when myself, my co-founder Martin and a few friends of ours were having a usual uh, good time in an African restaurant in in, in South, South London, you know, watching a game on this on the on the screen. I can't remember what game, but it must have been a popular game because it was a really packed <laughs> venue that day with so much excitement and you know buzz. You know, obviously you can smell the flavors of uh, African cuisine. The you know the the vibrant colors all around us. People dressed literally like carnival, you know, so you could feel the vibe. And then... I wish I was there. I wish I You was know there. what? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you could... You could also taste <laughs> great uh, drinks and uh, all cocktails. But then what really... The, the turning moment was when we had a commercial break. And suddenly, I was looking around while this commercial was running on the screen and saw how disengaged everybody in the room was with whatever was on the screen. And initially, I thought it was... Maybe myself always thinking outside the box and you know questioning everything around me but then i kind of looked at the reaction of people and I thought oh, actually this is interesting they are not engaging so then the question i asked myself is why why here why why disrupt you know a celebration of a community with information that really doesn't speak to them and i think that really got me asking questions around the table in my half-drunken state, <laughs> you know, as to whether everybody was feeling the same way that I was feeling, and I kind of actually then started picking the feel that everybody felt the same, but then the thinking around the table was, well, there's nothing we can do about it, these brands do what they want to do, they want, you know, they, 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 they speak to us like we're all the same and all that sort of stuff, and I said, no, hang hang a second, I don't think this is right. We've got to take a stand. And I think it was around that time, 2004, where people, more and more people from ethnic background were getting into more professional career life jobs, moving into middle income and stuff. So the spending power at the time was picking up in terms of the community and people were now beginning to be more aware as to where they want to spend their money and things like that. So I think off the back of that, I didn't ask the question that, you know, what do we do about this? Are we comfortable? Just sitting back and letting brands speak to us, or we will create our own sort of market and create content and sort of uh, uh produce products and stuff that really resonate with us and speak to us in an authentic way. And I think that's what gave birth to Eagle London agents. Now, at the time we called it Eagle Media House, and um because it was very much media focused at the time. Now even though we had such an exciting uh, conversation, energetic, filled with uh, so much power and confidence and all this sort of uh, drive to make a change, stepping out into that journey was another <laughs> another story. So it was, it was exciting to be out there and say, yes, we need to drive that. But then the next thing is, how do you then fight all the barriers that sort yeah. of raise up at you? Because obviously still, brands still felt, well, We've got the majority market. We'll sell to them. Anybody else will follow. Anybody that's interested is coming by or there's no alternative and all that at the time. So that journey really was a a tough one. And then questions are asked when you're trying to engage with main brands. What's your expertise? in? Have you worked in the agency well before? uh, You're advertised and all that. Obviously, my background is marketing, you know, and I've been doing that for couple of years, a few years before I actually, and that's what probably drove me into always being aware of what was around me, how people are marketing to me and what sort of messaging are being put out there and all that. But then going out there and trying to really effect change was the next big step where we're getting so much resistance because at that time there wasn't enough justification or even though there was a lot of noise being made around, still brands didn't, see the reason to really diversify their product to speak specifically to um, this ethnic market. And yeah, I think... and,
1: and, do you, and do you think, though, that that has then changed? Because I read different things. I read that there are now brands that have the wake-up call, like, we must focus on the minority on, let's say, ethnic minority markets. I don't even really like the word minority, because community is a massive (laughs) community market. You know, it's it's, it's huge. And there's products especially targeted and Mm. more appropriate and more interesting. Mm. Like you said, you're watching a football game or you're watching a game, the commercials come on, it's an African game, and then... In, in the commercials in between, they yeah. don't they don't relate. But has it, right. what, what's changed since then? Has social media changed it? Uh, are there any big shifts?
0: Yes, yes, in fact, there have been very big shift, and I, I think everybody around us is aware of how much things have changed. Typical example is if the sad incident of George Floyd had happened in 2004, nobody would have heard about it, and it would have probably been hashed. But imagine. A young lady picking up a mobile, doing something that is very random, post a, a, a story, and then suddenly become a global uproar. That's what's changed. <laughs> you understand? So that's really where the, 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 the transformation is happening. So uh, social media has given us more of a voice, positively and negatively, but at least it's given us a voice to be able to push and, and, and gain recognition and for brands to see the seriousness of the conversation we're seeing now. When I when I when I'm positioning myself as a marketer, a cultural marketer, I'm mindful of the fact that, like you did mention, that there are different communities. I'm not saying brands should stop whatever they're doing and just focus on this community. All I'm just saying is that, in your speaking to your market, be mindful that there's another market that has a huge spending power that could help you grow to your you know add to, to the value of your 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 business. And as a business owner, if you're serious about Strengthening your brand or growing your brand or extending your brand, whatever it is, you would consider new markets. And I keep saying to brand owners that this is the new markets. You know, yeah. it, it, it's been stretched, stretched beyond the United Kingdom in terms of the black across Europe. We can see that the, the ethnic markets is growing across board. Yeah, international, more spending
1: power, yeah, and and growing indeed, yeah, and more engaged, yeah. 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 So let's talk about then black business ownership. So Mm. I tried to do a little bit of research Mm. um, online about Mm. that, and I Mm. didn't get very interesting statistics. I did Mm. get something like in the UK, somewhere between five point six and seven percent of businesses in the UK are uh, Mm. minority owned. Mm-hmm. um yeah. you know what how's that been what what do you feel about that what needs mm-hmm. to change to make that better what what resistance did you face um especially in media right yes is it yeah, <laughs> it's, it's,
0: it's, it's, it's interesting you say resistance did you face it's, it's more like what resistance did you face and are you face it because it's an yeah, ongoing right. <laughs> <laughs> it's an ongoing um situation but I would say that is getting better. We've still got a long way to go but it's getting better in the sense that brands are beginning to take this serious. Um, We can see even from what happened with the pandemic where now government was seriously trying to now get the message across to our communities and the resistance they were having kind of shared the sort of pain and um, mistrust that this community have had with the mainstream sector really Going way back, which has really formed our mindset and the way we consume content from authorities and all that. So sort of it's very, um, uh, looked in a very negative or suspicious <laughs> uh, manner. But yes, uh, you, you, you're right. In, in terms of, uh, oh, I lost my trail there.
1: <laughs> ownership.
0: I yes. mean, that's the key thing, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, 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 yeah, in, 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 term, in terms of ownership, Now, because of the, we're we're, we're in a diverse community and any business that sets up is setting up to serve a community. And that community is both the minority community, which they may be part of, and the mainstream community, which they may not be part of. Now, our community alone, in terms of growing as a business owner within our community alone, because of the financial power and all that that's happening within our community does not allow ethnic business owners to have enough resource and funding to keep those businesses growing. So a business that sets up in an ethnic market would also need the mainstream market to support it to grow. And with that in play, then the problem becomes access to finance, because to access finance you need to justify that you've got some uh, guaranteed revenues or you've got a market that you're serving and all that sort of stuff. So that has been one of the barriers that's fighting uh, ethnic businesses from strive uh, thriving and exploding um the for an ethnic business if, like, taking myself for example when, when when we launched in 2004 it was almost impossible for us to get businesses coming out like big businesses coming our way from the uk and we had to quickly think on our feet and really think of diversifying and we said to ourselves well our positioning is helping brands and organizations to speak uh, in an authentic way to the black ethnic market. If we are not getting the mainstream businesses here in the UK to take that serious, then we can move into the territories where the ethnic market is strong—Africa, um, yeah. in, in America, and in places like that—and then see what brands are uh, looking to take advantage of the black community in the UK, and rather help them strengthen their positioning here, which is some of the stuff that we did, you know, and that was actually what was keeping us going as as an agency. Uh, you know, because it was so difficult breaking into the mainstream media circles here. You get all sorts of questions, like I said earlier. Uh, what's your expertise? Have you worked with big brands before and all that stuff? Sort of. But I could easily go into Ghana, for example, where I'm originally from and we'll be working with Toyota. I'll be working with all the big, big brands that big probably brands, in the, yeah. in, in the UK will be lo- asking all sorts of questions. And I'll be delivering the same excellence, the same quality of service that I will deliver here to them. So, that's one of the barriers or some of the bar- the biggest barrier if i can say is access to market, access to funding, you know to allow the businesses to take off so you find these businesses always doing very much of a um b to c sort of a service provisions uh and not much the the b to c and not, especially when you come into the into the media world like you're saying you know you're very rarely find black owned uh, media agencies yes it's as fully black owned like us you it would either be a partnership or uh, some sort of uh, relationship with other communities then they probably will ride on the back of those other communities to then get in the business and then they bring on board their expertise to sort of create a, um, a full service uh, delivery so I, in, in that sense, that's that's where my take is on in terms of why you're not seeing a lot of um, Successful black-led uh, businesses thrive in, in in this in this market. Hey, we hope you are enjoying this podcast. If there is subjects you would like discussed or questions answered, drop us a line at info at shapala.io. Do
1: you think there needs to be more? Let's say um, there's it's a big discussion, right? Does there need to be more focused coaching, and support and encouragement with young? Uh, black entrepreneurs?
0: Oh my goodness, or... that is so important. That right, is so okay. important. Because
1: yeah. my, my other question was going to be, or do you think that um, there shouldn't be any differentiation and it should be like, guys, we should be not talking about this, it should be mainstream, everyone is welcome. Or do you think more encouragement is needed? The reason I ask is because yeah. there's a really famous yeah. Morgan Freeman interview. I don't know if you've ever yeah. seen it, but mm-hmm. the guy, the interviewer asked Morgan Freeman about Black History Month, and Morgan Freeman mm-hmm. says, "I think Black History Month is is, is rubbish. We shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing it." And he yeah. asked why, and he says, "It's not Black History Month. It's American mm-hmm. History Month. It's Bastard just American history. history like, mm-hmm. and we should we should just stop talking about it. It just it is what it is. It's a, it's a very fine line, isn't there? Because." very important to encourage without making too big of a deal out of it. You know what I mean? Maybe it's a bit um, uh, difficult to explain. But you're you're saying that there should be coaching and encouragement and support, especially with young entrepreneurs. I mean, I think that's a good idea. What what about you?
0: No, you know what? I I very much agree with that in the sense that we we, we have to understand and be, be fair that we're not starting this race from an equal playing field and yeah. i know sometimes when we talk about let's give preferential um maybe treatment when it comes to employment and all that sort of stuff people are all announced oh no we've got to have an equal and fair which i which i agree if you have a community that's all coming from the same place then yes i think fairness across board is 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 justified but when you have a community that's come from different levels then If we want the community to be equal, then we've got to create spaces for those from the different levels to be able to upgrade themselves to that same playing field so we can together compete. Yeah. And so that's, I think for me, that's where my point comes from. And yes, us at Eagle, we look at Black History Man from a different perspective because you're right. It's all about American history. (laughs) You know, we're talking about Martin Luther King, which is good because they did great stuff. But... We want to zero in and ask ourselves, what does black history man mean to us here in the UK? What, what examples do we have here in the UK that we can look back and say, these are champions that have really paved the way for us to be who we are in the United Kingdom, who are the leaders in media, who got me as an 18-year-old young man to say to myself, I can get into media. And I think that's what black history man for us here in the UK is, and then the influence of as migrants from Africa, from the Caribbean, what, what, what sto- what, what, how have we shaped the story here in the United Kingdom? Rather than it being a focus on American history, I don't even want to go into slavery, because for me, that is not Black History Month. <laughs> black History Month is about black achievement. It's not about black struggle. You know, it should be so, about
1: achievement. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. And, and, I think and, that's key. Like history is like always, often about achievement. And exactly. then When suddenly people start discussing about Black history, then it's exactly. it's like a little bit about pity and shame. That's, and that, that's the that thing. Things because it happens. Yeah, yeah
0: I, I, I agree. You know, it, it's, it's interesting because I, I, I always argue with that. I want to see a Black history man where conversations have like, where is our curriculum now? That's the sort of Black history I want us to celebrate.
1: Yes. Where were we last
0: yeah. year in, in, in empowering our community and helping the others that are not from our community to understand where we are coming from and why we do the things we do and why we behave the way we behave, why we speak why our culture is the way it is. And where are we today? How much understanding are people having in that black experience that was shared the year before? Rather than we constantly going back into history, our history seems to have stuck in slavery and <laughs> American uh, Black history, but we've got to move on. Every year we should be able to say, "Oh, last year we planned to incorporate Black history in the curriculum, and this these are the champions that led us." And today, this is where we are at, and our plan for next year is to move to the next step. You know that's where 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 I I see that. So yeah, so to come back to your point as to whether there should be um, mentoring uh, for black entrepreneurs, in order to lift them, definitely they should be mentoring uh, yeah. for, for for the young black entrepreneurs because, yes, they understand what's happening around them, they understand the mainstream, but they need to understand how to navigate their way into mainstream uh, business, how to win contracts, things like that, how to uh, for, get into networks that will allow them to to grow within this market. And also, I think that Mentoring will also depend on where it's coming from. It's come from mainstream. Will allow mainstream to understand better.
1: I think you've yeah. made a point, a very, very, very valid point before. Mm. Is it not really, really starting from a level playing field? And that mm. just really sums it up. So there yeah. does need to be special care, special investment, and a lot of time and thought That's on fine. it. When yeah. I think about it as well from personal experience, mm. if I would if say like 7% of businesses are let's say black owned, just figure that i read on a report. We need to verify that. Yeah. Um, Then when I go and talk to investors and um, let's say venture capitalist organizations or investors in general, Mm. none of them are from an ethnic minority. I can have a list of a hundred and i will pretty much guarantee that in those positions, there's no one. And I think when I think about marketing as well, I'm like, hang on a second. When I've worked in marketing and digital marketing and social media, I'm it's starting to get a lot better. Yeah. But then I just had a realization: wow, it's mm. really behind. It doesn't yeah. represent at all. Yeah, and 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 I think that's really really important. And I think it's a good idea to have a, a focus on that mm. to, to incorporate things like history, etc. But also to give people the tools and the the confidence, you know, to start up a new business. I mean, you, you, you had the confidence to do that in 2014. It's not easy. Most businesses fail, don't they? But you have the confidence to do that. And it's the question is, you know, also, where does that come from?
0: Yeah.
1: Cool. Let's, let's talk about trends. So, Mm. you know, this, you, you've got years of experience in marketing and, and this podcast is also about, let's say digital, digital marketing. Um, what 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 exciting trends do you see in particular to go after this very lucrative growing uh, market? I,
0: have, I think I think content content creation has evolved because of uh, social media and uh, easy access to social media now means that uh, creative content producers can easily get content online to get people uh, to see their work and to see what they're doing. I mean, I, I'm really thrilled when look at Trent as what's happened on the TikTok space, seeing the sort of creative content that uh, people from the ethnic background are, are producing on there, you know, and how much impact they're they, they making out there as well. I mean, if you're looking on Instagram, uh, social media, even when we look at the, uh, the podcast space, you know, we're having a lot of good conversations being had on podcasts from people from 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 my community and I think that is something that is going to grow because more yeah. and more people are getting the confidence and like I said technology is becoming more and more accessible so that is breaking down the barriers once upon a time a podcast would have been with a, some one big star somewhere that you really needed to lobby almost impossible to get on the platform and just only just be sitting back and, and listening to the content that's being pushed at you. But now we all can partake in this and, and be part of the conversation by creating our own little spaces and uh, you yeah. know pushing across. So yes, I, I would say that social media trend has really um, grown at a very fast pace over, 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 over the past few years and made it accessible for all to get involved. Yeah. Mm.
1: One, one, one like massive name that just really I feel must have inspired a whole generation, especially on social media, is Beyonce, right? Yeah, Because yeah. Beyonce, she nailed it and she did a whole music video on social. She just filmed yeah. it with cat-like mobile phones. Yeah. And that just really stands out to me. And like, okay, you know, you could say it's a bit cheesy, a bit mainstream, mm-hmm. but she definitely has inspired those. I think podcast is an interesting one as well, right? Mm-hmm. So it gives everybody a voice. I think Clubhouse, you know, like Clubhouse was majorly popular and then, you know, it it just became less popular, right? It was a bit of a fad. I think Clubhouse was really, it's still really big in the States, right? I think in certain communities. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Even just to add, I mean, a simple thing like WhatsApp. WhatsApp has become a real saviour for the, the people from the ethnic community, especially even outside the United Kingdom, in places where making calls, international calls and all that sort of are so expensive. WhatsApp has become something that's really brought the community together. And that's another space where content is really going viral. <laughs> you know, one content yeah. just hits on there and it just sort of uh, moves on across. So that's also opened the community for people to share what they are doing. I would say in a more intimate way, because it's on your handset, it, it's coming from somebody that you know personally as compared to, uh, it being on social media where anybody's stumbling on is, you know, oh, who's this person? All right, that's nice, but how do I relate to that person? But it, WhatsApp messages are very personal, you know, and people pay attention to those sort of content because of how it's reaching them. Stuff like that. So, yeah, that's another interesting one. Yeah, I love, I love what Beyonce is doing. I know people have their own, um, um, views on it, but for me, anybody that really goes out all out to celebrate the diverse, Black culture, I think
1: yeah. it's... it's.
0: It She's support. also an amazing entrepreneur as well. Exactly. Right? She's got
1: some amazing, amazing entrepreneurial spirit. Yes. Um, yeah. I love the fact you mentioned WhatsApp. No one ever talks about WhatsApp. It's I know. such a good point. I know. No one, it's because it's so hard to crack it and get in. But, yeah. you know, you're, if you get in with those nano-influencers that yeah. like, run WhatsApp groups yeah. and Telegram groups... Yeah. It's incredibly
0: powerful, it is. isn't it? It is, it is, it is. That, you You'll be surprised because, for example, like a, a project we're uh, working on with King's College London on, on kidney kidney research. And the, the research team at King's College found that there's a, a gene that is predominant in people of African Caribbean background that triggers kidney disease. So they then approached us to want to be able to reach the African community, Black African-Caribbean community, to, in order to help them to understand the condition, get them to do tests and all that sort of stuff. But it's interesting that the strategy that they had was very insular, obviously from a mainstream point of view. And we had to sort of sit down have consultation with them and literally lead them to say, actually, what your idea is good, but the, the community you're trying to reach, especially if you're talking about the older generation, are very much on WhatsApp. You know, so it's about like you just mentioned, it's about getting into those community groups and getting that message on those platforms that will really get the older generation, you know. So it's like even within the black community, we have layers. So the way I'll communicate to the older generation will be different from the way you communicate to Gen Z, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And you've got to understand these nuances in order to be able to be effective at communicating to them. So just to put a point, WhatsApp is one of the things that nobody really pays attention to. But for some communities, this is their, <laughs> their lifeline yeah. to information, you know. Yeah.
1: I think that's a really interesting point. I feel like I need to do some more research into WhatsApp and, and maybe write, write up on it because it's so incredibly powerful. And yeah. I mean, these groups can get really big, right? I mean, these yeah. WhatsApp groups can, I don't know how, I don't know what the cap is on a WhatsApp group, but yeah. they must be really big. And, yeah the viral potential is massive. Yeah. Brilliant. Just to wrap up, Phil, I love to ask uh, entrepreneurs and marketing leaders and whoever, I love to ask this question. If you could meet yourself when you were a little boy, what one piece of advice would you give yourself as little Phil is like growing up?
0: You know what? I think the advice I would have given myself is To be bolder at celebrating myself my identity because i think growing up in ghana moving into the uk at a younger age 18 and then living in the uk then for (laughs) the many years (laughs) on following on from that i think i had tried to conform into a society You know, until when I launched out and I realized I'm the second. It's my uniqueness that gives me my stories. My uniqueness that gives me that edge to be able to deliver the sort of um, content that I deliver. And I think if I had been able to identify that at an earlier age, I think I would have worked on myself and be a much better person than I am today. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, it's not too
1: late. Yeah, That is some great advice to anyone who's listening. Be yourself. Be unique. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing On that yeah. note Phil Thank you so much For being on the podcast Apologies for the technical problems When we started
0: No worries Justin Thank no. you very much For having me on your podcast I'm Really grateful And again I celebrate being the black, first black person On this podcast That's a great Yeah the first The first of many
1: <laughs> And maybe we can do a round table again With some um, more uh, entrepreneurs From black communities And ethnic backgrounds Definitely. Thank we you very can, We much. can
0: facilitate that That will be good Yeah Great, thank you. you For tuning in and making the choice to listen to this podcast. If you liked what you've heard today, please don't forget to subscribe. Future Fuzz is sponsored by Shapala, choppable ads and express checkouts for e-commerce. Future Fuzz, your guide to digital marketing.